Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the latest in our podcast series um, on leadership. In particular today, I'm really excited to be here with Rob Baxter down at uh, Exeter Chief. So thanks, Rob, for joining us. Um, let's get straight into this then, really, which is um, just on the topic of coaching and leadership. Um, in, in your view, Rob, what makes it so worthwhile? Oh, I think, like I say, I always kind of just talk very openly about experiences here because this is, this is all my experience of being a, being a leader for me. Obviously, watching young guys come through a period of time, and like now I've been lucky enough to see some guys who, the first time you meet them, they genuinely are 14 or 15, and then you see them become internationals or British Lions. Yeah, that's, that's been quite a special journey to be part of, and I feel very privileged to be to that. So obviously seeing people achieve things, but also watching the club here achieve things and have some success. And I think what people often forget about is when you're involved in sport in particular, you, you do get to see a real joy in people. You know, I think some people don't quite understand some support for some supporters, you know, their week to week interaction of going to home games, away games, it's a massive part of their lives. Sure. And actually watching the like I say, the actual joy that that can bring and how much it can give them an extra fulfillment in their life, those are fantastic things. And you you don't really get those in many walks of life. So being involved in the job I am in sport, I kinda of get it both ways. I get to see the individual um, growth and development and success, but you also get to see, like I say, that that joy um, the fun and the belonging and it gets, gets a completely separate group of people as well. I think that's really interesting because we, we, we have the same in our own corporate world really which is you know we're trying to instill in our leadership group how do we um, help our teams grow and that can mean a number of different things there doesn't have to be necessarily an end, end goal it's it's just how do we make them better every day so I think I can see some synchronicity there very very interesting. Um, when, when you think about coaching and the way that you approach your coaching day to day both coaching both the players and then your immediate leadership group. Um, what life experience would you say has shaped you most as a coach? I mean, it's, I suppose my life experience is, is what I've lived and for, for a long time. I was a farmer. You know, I still live on the family farm. I was, I was a full-time farmer until I was 36, 37. I can tell I don't know a bit. I've obviously been, done some rugby. I was never full-time. So I was semi-pro for a bit. Started to do some coaching. Um, and I think that obviously has a massive effect on, on you. You know, some, some things that the coaching staff laugh about now, when we talk about, you know, fitness tests and bits and pieces, and that kind of, that used, when we talk about resilience and bits and pieces, you know, I've, I said to people before, you know, there's days when you're driving into a field and it's full of square bales of hay, you look around and it's, they're everywhere, <laughs> and you, you can get 100 on the trailer on the back of your tractor and you look around and... It's you. And you go, this is going to take a while, <laughs> And you start and you, you know, I say one bale at a time, Load it up, you unload it, you know, and the field gets finished. You know, it's funny. You look at you look at the, you look at jobs all over the place. And you go, this is never going to get done, and they all do. You know, you just have to start. You, you have to start, and you have to keep going, and and you finish, and then you get fulfillment from it. And I think just think just talking about things like that, and acting like that, and seeing things like that, they're they're obviously a huge influence on when you actually sit down with people and. You know, you see people think, you know, can can things ever be achieved or can you ever get anywhere or what can you do? You kind of go, well, just, just back yourselves and we'll get there in the end. And I think that's probably the biggest influence in a lifestyle type of thing I can probably ever bring. It's really interesting. I was reading, uh, I was reading a, a recent book, actually, on, uh, on New Zealand rugby. And actually, a lot of their heritage is built around farming and community. Yes. And it sounds very, very similar, I think, to what you're 
describing to us here is the same kind of we'll clean the sheds at the end of the day we'll clean the sheds and we won't get too far ahead of ourselves is that something else that you bring into your group here yeah i mean very much so i mean i think being being normal and being kind of respectful but also having a real joy for what you do can, can go hand in hand mm. you know that they're part of the same thing and actually if anything you know if someone said to me what are we re-establishing this year after an, un- an uncommonly unsuccessful year for us last year we're probably just revisiting that kind of getting on with the hard work but but enjoying it and enjoying it in the right ways for the right reasons and you know and and as you say re-involving the families making sure that it just becomes a little bit more like Mm. a a traditional rugby club should feel like Mm -hmm. but but in the most professional way we can as well yeah and and i think that that came across in uh, some of the clips i've watched of you most recently and also um richie mccaw's book as well was very much along this line about how do I bring the community, families? Because it's really important to get a close-knit group, isn't it, when you're forming a, a really high-performing team? It is, but I think, again, my, so my job is, is a few things. It's, it's what's the bigger picture and how you uh-huh. break it down to what you do a little bit day by day. So the bigger picture as a rugby club is we have to be a successful business. So I'm not being successful for any one of our individual players um, if we can't pay their salaries at the end of the, of the, of the month <laughs> and we can't save the coaches or whatever. So... We have to be able to look at the bigger picture. The bigger picture is we want a big crowd in here, spending money, enjoying what they do, feeling part of it. Now, how do you create that? Well, a lot of our actions are what will create that. So mm-hmm. them arriving here and seeing a team on the pitch that care, um, someone who players who will spend time signing autographs afterwards, afterwards, people who will they'll come up in the bar and, and see people, people who will will do their, their corporate duties and not and not be alone for a challenge. Mm. You know, if someone gets asked to do something for local charity, they, they'll do it. You know, all the, the little bits and pieces that fill that bigger picture, they also can filter down in the right way. They can be things that make you very strong as a as a, as a group as well. Mm. And they give you some really good qualities as people outside of rugby. So we, that's what we try and do here, I think. And I think more and more that's my job is you, you see the bigger picture and you try and filter it down to what we can do day by day to influence things. And 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 I think what you're saying there is is going back to your original point was traditional rugby values, hey? which yeah. is... Um, you know, your role is is on the pitch, um, but there's a wider scope of activities and things. You know, we'd like you to do, but we're going to create an environment for you to be equally successful both on and off the pitch. Yeah, I mean, that, that's it's our responsibility. We we can expect the players, we we expect the players to do it. We can ask them to do it. We can want them to do it. But actually, you know, the, the powerful thing is them to feel part of it. So by feeling part of it, you become part of it. And you want to be part of it. So we're talking very much about how would. How would in this this place on a Saturday, which is, can be rammed with thousands of people, mm. how can we still create an environment for the players so the families can feel like a rugby club? We've, yeah. we've got various ideas for how we can do that, how mm-hmm. we can keep it feeling that at a certain time on every day, it feels a little bit like a traditional rugby club where they can have their time together as well, on top of the bits and pieces they have to they have to do to make it feel like a community club as well. And and to enable you to do that, what what, what kind of what are the I don't know, top two or three factors that enable you to to create that environment? What, what do you work on? I think to, to really make it work, that it has to be that's the bit that probably has to be the most player led. So, okay, in interesting. Way. So what what does it feel like for them? You know, I, I can I can tell them I can tell them what it felt like when I played down the exit at the county ground and we had a thousand supporters and you didn't used to have a problem getting to the bar to have a drink you know if the players stayed that helped the bar takings as much as anything else you know the, the traditional, yeah. traditional rugby clubs so it's not for me to tell them what it should feel like so we've asked them you know how, how it feels to you what does it want to be like and and they're they're kind of taking charge we've actually tried 
try to ask them, you know, is this a project you'd like to take on? Where you create, you create your own little haven you know, where you want it to be. And I think that's the yeah. only way we can create that little bit of a little bit of an old school rugby club here is to let the players decide what it is. And to be fair, they, they're taking charge and it's something they can really enjoy embracing together. So this is really interesting what you're saying, which is kind of pushing us on to another topic here, which is there is a leadership group. There is in sport. There is in the corporate world. But um, I think what you're saying here is is even the players lead as leaders in that context, which is, you know, you're all leaders here. We are all playing part of a leadership role within our club. Is that something that resonates with with you? You're expecting leadership across both across the pitch on match day, but also within the club environment. I think I think it depends. If you if you embrace Followership in leadership, mm-hmm. and depending on who you speak to, some people will say, well, followership is part of leadership. <laughs> Other people will separate them because um, sport, as in anything else, you, you there's a time for you all to be a leader and there's a time for nearly all of you to be a follower. Yep. And the really big strengths in a really good group are when the leaders know it's time to lead and the followers know it's time to follow. That, that is the, the moment of, of real strength. So you can do a review where everyone can have an opinion. That can be really strong. Yep. And our opinions mean something and we embrace it all together and we use that to develop. But then there's going to be periods when just in the middle of a rugby game when it's going on and a move hasn't gone right or something's gone wrong, you don't need some guy in the middle just going, right, next time this is how we need to do it. Da, 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 da. Because you've got to get on with things. It's the next job, that's Rob. It's just like, mm-hmm. Now's not the time. That's post-game. Now is this is the next thing we do. And we do it how we say we're going to do it. And we'll discuss how we're going to change things or what should have happened another time. So getting the balance between when to lead, when to follow, mm. that's the key. How much time do you spend developing your leadership group? Um, well, fair, I mean, a fair bit now, probably more than, more than we used to. And we probably look at it into slightly different ways. We used to, we probably used to use the leadership group to help develop leaders a little bit. Okay. And we've probably, we've probably moved away from that a little bit in that we've probably now decided we want to look, we've actually done it the other way around a little bit. The leaders have kind of picked themselves rather than us trying to develop them. We've looked at the group and seen the guys with the qualities we really want to embrace okay. going forward and we've brought them into the leadership group. So even guys we probably didn't predict they would be in it are in it. Mm. Um, and we're almost letting them get on with it because they've got the quality. So we almost, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, it's a thing. We're kind of letting them get on with it. They're involved in the leadership group. We're kind of talking to them and ask them the way things should go and how they're feeling about things. But we're not, we're not trying to change them or anything. We're trying to let them okay. feel their way into it a little bit. So, so if I paraphrase that, you've almost got like a sub leadership group of, of the next potentials. Um, no, they we'll, we'll expect them to be the leaders, mm-hmm. but. Um, sometimes you can see a player developing and you actually think the next part of their real growth will become a leader. Uh-huh. But actually, so you put them in there in the hope of being in a leadership group will create a leader, if you yes. see what I mean. Yes. It doesn't always. Uh-huh. So actually, we've kind of let it, let it be a bit, a little bit more properly organic and just dealt with it as it feels mm. right on the day. How, how is that conversation when it kind of, you have somebody in, you come into that group, you analyse, you witness what they do and how they do it, and it's not quite right for you here. Um, how is that conversation then with that particular individual? How does that shape take place? Well, I mean, it, it can be awkward or it can't be. I mean, some guys yeah. actually, I, I always think, when these, these, there's lots of awkward conversations. You can have them on reviewing games, you can yeah. have them, on, as you say here. Nine times out of ten, there's, there's always a context, isn't there? You know, things don't happen for no reason. It's very rare that I'll have a conversation with a player for, for, 
no reason, mm-hmm. or in the player's mind, no reason. So if you actually sit down and someone just you just you sort of conversation, how are you? Everything okay? You know, how's things go out this situation? And you know, anything you think we need to talk be talking about? And you'd be amazed how often they kind of know yeah. the context of it themselves. So if I'm going, what are you thinking of the leadership group? And, and their first session has been almost straight away. That that tells you straight away why why you're having the conversation. So I think most of the time they're less awkward than people. If, if you let them, because they've all nearly always got context, if you let the context kind of surface in its, in its own time a little bit, mm. it tends to get dealt with without it being a confrontation about, you know, it doesn't need to start with you're not a good enough leader. Yeah, sure. Because straight away you're never going to have a conversation about it. You're going to oh, that's your opinion, my opinion might be different. Sure. Whereas if the conversation's slightly different, you know, most guys as they move around, so as long as they're respected within the team, then, you know, it's it's not, it's often not as, it's not as difficult, I think, or as challenging as, as some people try and make it sometimes. Mm. Interesting. What What's the best advice you could give to that kind of, I don't know, either early career or person who's thinking about coming, even thinking about coming into leadership, we'll start there. What, what would be your advice on the experience that you've gained in sport? What What, what could prepare them for that? role or their next venture what, what, what would be the three or four things you'd say yeah um, focus on this i don't know so much what necessarily what necessarily what to focus on but i would say the one thing to embrace is that you're probably going to be disappointed quite a lot <laughs> and if you can embrace that and then not take away your kind of joy and what you want to do you can probably be very good at it because the one thing you have to you have to kind of accept is There'll be times when you're feeling like you're giving a lot more than you're getting, getting back. Mm-hmm. And there'll be times when you're feeling like you want something more than the person you're working with, coaching, however you want to see it. And that can be pretty tough. You know, and, and you've got to you've got to have that in your mind if, that you'll be able to deal with that and move on and still give the next person just as many opportunities and just as many opportunities to disappoint you. Because that's because you'll find all the gems and you'll find all the success. So once you shut yourself off from giving people opportunities to let you down, or in your mind let you down, you know, yeah, yeah. sometimes you know I feel let down by players, but they don't feel they've let themselves down. Mm. Now they're sort of two different things, aren't they? Aren't they? So because I'm I'm seeing so much more potential in them than where they're achieving, they feel quite comfortable where they're getting to. Interesting. So I'm disappointed they're not. Mm. It's my job to, to to try and get them to that level. But at the end of the day, if they actually don't want to. Then, then I, there's only there's only so much you can do in any country like to get there. Once, once that mm. self motivation, once their once their own levels, are, they're quite comfortable with it. Then actually, it's very difficult to think you can find something more in them because you probably can't. Mm. And that's different to a guy who's a bit limited, who's limited themselves. They've got doubts. They're worried about things, and then you can see that they're, they're creating a ceiling. Yeah. Guys, you just think they're going okay and they're quite comfortable where they are. Some sooner or later, those guys are going to disappoint me. Mm. And you have to be able to move on to the next one and just put as much energy into it and smile and get out there. You know, that, that's the challenge, I think. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. That's really resonating with me, actually, because you know, I've been in this position now 20 months. We're leading up, you know, a reasonably sized business. And um, you're, you're right. Sometimes you have a vision and uh, you look around and you think, oh, right, guys, are we ready to... And not everybody has the same level yeah. of enthusiasm, buy-in, and not that they don't agree with the strategy or anything else, just that just it's not there. So, so I'm always constantly thinking about different ways to not necessarily infuse, but create the environment where people get caught up in the vortex of what we're trying to get to. So fascinating points. 
we were just talking just before we came on air here about uh, quite challenging periods over the last, I don't know, let's call it seven years in particular around uh, pre-season. Um, but how do you how do you lead through those challenging times? Because sometimes players, I would imagine, like they like their relax, you know, off season. They like to, well, to be honest, even our operations, mend things, just relax generally. Um, how have you led through those challenging times? What have you done different? Do you think, as an individual and as a director of rugby here, that's made a difference to the players in that period? Well, again, the proof of the pudding will be when we start playing. Time. <laughs> but I think what we've certainly done is we've certainly kind of we've broken things back down to basics. So, you know, I, I'm a I don't mind saying, you know, I, I use past experience a little bit and uh, thought back. You know, we finished seventh in the Premiership, so I look back personally. I went right. Well, what was I doing the last time we finished around seventh in the Premiership? Well, that was. You know, our first four or five years in the Premiership, we were looking to build a team and one day challenge to win Premierships or get in the top four. And what was I doing? Well, I was looking at lots of other rugby teams, studying why they were better than us because there were six, six other teams better yeah. than us. Yeah, yeah. There were four, four teams in semi finals, two teams in finals. So I, I watched all those games. You know, it was, it was funny. I think quite a lot of people, you know, when I spoke to them, oh, I bet you wanted to have a really good break from rugby. And I kind of went, oh, yes, but actually, well, no, because if I, if I make sure I look back to you know what was part of the journey to bring a team through, mm. it wasn't finishing the season in seventh. But run out here, I don't want to look at rugby for five weeks to we're back in pre-season. It was right. What went wrong with our game? What could have got better? Hold on. Well, let's have a look at everyone else around the world who's playing better at the moment. So the teams who finished up in the Premiership, semi-finals, finals, uh, the URC games, yeah. finals, semi-finals, and finals are going on, which mm-hmm. the South teams do very well in. Watch a lot of those watch the internationals that were taking place in the summer, you know, actually try to take in as much information about what were other people doing, how were they playing, was it something mm. we, could, we could copy or adapt or use for ourselves, what, what, could, what could help us, because we did all those things, adapting, helping, looking at what other teams were doing all the time, we were building towards winning a premiership, mm-hmm. so why not do it now? So we, I, I've personally done a lot of those things as from a coaching group, we've Changed a couple of things, changed the defence coach, so our defence structure is changing. Mm-hmm. Um, Ali, the attack coach, has tweaked our attack. We're looking at something, it just, it just feels that bit more exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, what we've tried to do is create a bit of a vibe around it being exciting and different, and there's some genuine change there. Um, but also, as I said, we've, we've tried to talk a lot about bringing, a, I think, bringing back the joy of just playing is really important because if I do look back, one thing I will admit to is I think we did lose the joy of just playing rugby a little bit over the last 18 months. Interesting. It became a bit of a, it almost became a bit of a chore. All right, and when okay. it became a bit of a chore, it became a bit of a battle and then we couldn't really get our way out of it. Mm. Whereas this year, we're, we're kind of deciding, I think, we're not going to be in that emotional battle. You know, the games will be emotional, of course, and we'll, we'll have to be ready for them. Mm-hmm. But we're not going to get into an emotional battle over the course of the season because we can't see a way out of it. You know, we're going to, we're aiming for game one. We haven't talked about anything else. Um, all we're doing now, you know, today, today's the toughest training day after a very tough uh, training week. Um, and we're going to finish with a barbecue and a few beers up on the top pitch. It's a beautiful sunny day. We're asking chill out now. They've got the weekend off. You know, they can sit up there and, and, and have, a, have a chat together, build, build some friendships, just chill out. And I think these are the things we're going to really work hard to make sure that, you know, there's a real work hard, but, but play hard and enjoy way about how we are and that's how we want to express ourselves in the field this year a bit more as well. Fantastic and um, 
we, we were just talking there just about kind of um, those challenging times. When you are having a challenging time, and you, you, you mentioned just then about, you know, if you can see a player who's uh, you can see more potential in, how does that conversation start with that individual when there's a mismatch in what you believe and then what the player is set at? How, does, how, how would that difficult conversation start with the individual? I think it depends on what it is that's actually genuinely held mm-hmm. them back. And I think, so, I mean, the, the big thing for, I mean, we've done this really well. It's, it's kind of, it was, again, it was part of that process of, of getting to our first finals. And, this, and we, so we talked about it quite a lot as a group and I talked to a few guys about it individually. And it's, it's something that if you've got any kind of doubts about where you can get as a team, where you can achieve it as an individual, and, and you kind of doubt, oh, will I be able to get to this level? If that's, if that's the thing that's holding them back, because at the end of the day, if, if it's an attitudinal thing, and actually their character is, they just don't really want to work, they don't want to work as mm. hard, it's not really part of who they are, then there's relatively little you can do with those people. Those people, you, when it becomes all stick, there's a level they'll hit. Yeah. And you can sit with those guys. So those guys, they're the difficult conversations because you actually have to be able to sit with them and go, at the end of the day, unless you really want to work a bit harder, unless you being the best person you can actually means a little bit more to you, and actually if you are prepared, not prepared to work as hard as you'll need to mm. to reach that level. So when, if you talk about something like the base level, like fitness, there are some things that I can talk to them however I like and motivate them mm. however you like. If that person hasn't got enough self-motivation to not put a hamburger in their mouth or not eat an ice cream when they go home, then I can say as much as I like them. Yeah. You know, but actually some of that's going to come from in that. Now that's that's a different conversation is there at the end of the day. You can just go, you're not going to achieve what you want to achieve and it's not going to just happen for you unless you, you help yourself. Those can be quite open and frank conversations and I have those quite regularly. The other ones where you can see a guy who's got real potential and he's working as hard as they can, but it's just not quite letting themselves go. Mm-hmm. The, the very important thing there, I think, to do is, is have a chat with them. Hey, you know, what, what is their motivation? A lot of those guys you'll find are pretty highly motivated. Mm-hmm. So then those, that kind of self-doubt that holds them back, I think the key then is really, and our people talk about this all the time, it's just you just normalise it as often as you can. So it, it, and when that normalise it, it means every one of those guys, especially in rugby environments, very easy. Every one of those guys, in whatever position they are, there's another story about another person in exactly the same spot who's done something they'll have done. So yeah. if you've got an a fly half whose real ambitions are to play international rugby, but at the end of the day, that's happened quite a lot. I mean, quite a lot of young men who at some stage young men with doubts who haven't played for England and they wanted to play for England. And I think a lot of it is you talk them through a story of someone else has been through or someone else has similar circumstances or someone else mm. has done it and you show how many people have achieved it, how many people have gone and done the things this person wanted to achieve. So the more you can kind of normalise it, then mm. it doesn't become such a, a big deal. It doesn't become an impossible scenario. And I think that's quite important is to let people sit back and just stop and think about how you can like, well, actually... Actually, it would be quite normal for me to actually win a premiership because I think that's what we did at the end of the group. We actually managed it to go as amazing it would be. It would be great. Loads of teams won their first premiership. Yeah. yeah. Every year someone wins. You know, we we do we do this all the time in the group. Someone's going to win the premiership this year. There's only only 15 blokes on the rugby field. Yeah. You know, they're going to have a gym like you've got a gym. They're going to have a training field like you've got a training field. You know, that, this is 
trying to normalize success. You know, yes, you will have to work at least as hard as they work. Yes, you will have to be as committed to it. Yes, on the day you're going to have to turn up and be as emotionally ready for it. But actually, someone's going to win it. And why not you 15? Or why not you know, why not Litter's Club as a club? And so we, we, norm, we try to normalize things as often as we can um, and make it feel all right. Mm. You know? And it, it, it needs to be fun. It needs to be incredible. It needs to be an amazing journey. But at the same time, you should never sit there going, oh. Because if you're always sitting there saying, if it was impossible, it's always okay to lose. And it needs to be real as well, yes. Rob, right? It's always impossible. You know, yeah, 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 that's right. It needs to be there. It needs to be something they can see and they can feel. I think um, it's really, this is a really interesting point. And again, I, I kind of like relay back to what we're doing uh, in the corporate world just to give our early careers, for example, a view of what the future could look like. So we've been talking to individuals who've been successful, both female, male, diverse backgrounds. And we've been bringing these people into our organization to help our people see that actually there is a pathway, there is a route. Um, and and the, the biggest learning I think we've all taken from it is the reality check a little bit that um, it's not all roses yeah. on the path. That it's not a straight line either. It's a bit of an up and a bit of a down. There's a potential for all that. It sounds like it resonated with me when you were saying about talking to the players. It feels very similar. I, I think you probably agree with this. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I go, I go through it with my, own, with my own kids, for example. You know, my daughter's she's in London now. She's she's got a career she wants and, and a job she's in at the moment. And I talk to her. I said, look, this this doesn't mean you're not you're not not on the pathway. Yeah. These things, you know, and I can talk to you know people, very successful people, some of the most successful people in the world. You know, some people get a second degree when they're thirty. Yeah. They change their career path, mm-hmm. and become incredibly successful. You know, she's in her early twenties and is already worried that she's not at the level, not on the route that she wants to be on to be where she wants to be when she's thirty-five. <laughs> of course, let's just, yeah, just, you have to you have to move along the path, but you have but you will have to move along it. But it's, yeah. there's, there's a time scale, and it's a little bit the same with players. You you kind of you want to if you can get the day to, if you get them focused on the day to day, the end goal will come. I think what happens a little mm. bit too much. Society is society is very much like this. The day to day is kind of not rated that highly anymore in society. Mm. The end goals are celebrated massively. Over celebrated. Everything is. Oh, look at that! Look at that! Look at that! There isn't anything like. Oh, look at what you did today. Because most of what we do on a day by day basis is, especially if you want this kind of, especially sporting success. Right, got up at six o'clock. Turned up, have an early morning gym session, have breakfast, have recovery, have lunch, uh, rugby session, hour and a half, uh, have dinner, recovery for hour and a half, massage, bit of pilates. If you actually read the day, you go, right, what did you do the next day? Pretty much the same. What did you do the next day? Pretty much the same. Yeah. What did you need then? Well, I went home, I was quite tired, so I watched a bit of TV and I went to bed. At the end of it, this person can, looks like they can have, have had an amazing life and an amazing superstar and they've had all these experiences. They'll have had those along the way as well. But those days, they're the challenge. Mm. You know, the challenge The challenge isn't playing in the final. The challenge is... The process the day, to get that kind of thing. The day that gets you in the team. Yeah. The day that gets you in the team and the day that gets that team in the final. It's today. It's the hour that makes it happen. And that's the, that's the, it's the bringing it back to that. It's mm. allowing that kind of stuff to happen. And I think that's... That's the challenge, in, particularly in modern societies, to get the 
There you go. We talk quite a bit about uh, <coughs> refresh. So sometimes we need, uh, for your guys, probably physical refresh. But I, I'd imagine there's a mental aspect to that as well. Uh, t- two points to this is, one, one, how do you get the group? When, how, what? Do you smell it when you think a refresh is needed? And then you as an individual in your leadership group, how do you how do you refresh that? Because I, I go back to maybe 10 minutes ago when you were saying, actually, I don't want the summer off, thanks. I'm, I'm planning for the next bit. How do you keep your mind fresh? I think the two things. I think I would have said to you in the past, yeah, I kind of watch the group, so the group, yeah, I know when they need a break. Mm. Um, and I think we still do that, but I think we try and probably preempt it a little bit now. I probably uh-huh. try and think about let's let's put it in when it doesn't feel needed, because that's when you maybe get weirdly you might get the best outcomes. So rather than kind of maybe wait for it to happen, if we get the opportunity now, we kind of take it. Okay. So take it when the opportunity comes, rather than go, oh, look at the group, they're okay at the moment. Because I think that's probably something in the past we've done. And then the one you wanted, the one you thought, you, when you get to that two weeks, three weeks further down the line, you think you might need it, obviously it's not there, and you can't get the benefits from it. So I think we've looked at it a little bit more like that way. Like, I think that in a weird way, that kind of refreshes the batteries more than someone who gets down and then you feel like you need a, a spark up. Mm. So I think that's probably how we'll try and do it a bit more now. Within the coaching group, to be fair, we've kind of, we've actually got quite a diverse coaching group and we probably mm. actually keep each other quite quite mentally fresh okay and we, and we don't try and we don't try and change that too much you know we let we let guys get on and do their own thing and say their own thing and think their own thing and we encourage to be fair we encourage the players to do it as well because i think one of the best things that keeps players mentally fresh is encouraging them to be their own people you know outside outside of the environment you have to come together go out and celebrate being different and a bit weird and a bit odd <laughs> different things because that just that's what creates the freshness every time you come back into the rugby environment. Sure. If you go away, your outdoor environment is the same. And if you go back in, it's the same. So we always try and make mm. sure they realise that they should embrace being different and enjoy that. Very interesting. And I think um, I think you hit on a good point. It's not, right, we're going to do this every quarter, corporate world I'm referring to. It's, it's recognising when is the right time. Yes. Because sometimes in the depths of the winter, and, you know, sales guys have been out on the road all day, or these guys have been training here, and it's howling down with rain probably that's the time when they might need a bit more of a refresh. You might you might see something um, different and appear uh, within the group. I, I just want a couple of final questions, actually. Yeah. So don't worry, there's, there's not too many more to come. Um, who do you admire as a coach, either in rugby or outside of rugby, and, and why? Interesting, interesting question. I'll be honest with you, I've, I've been asked questions this before quite a lot, and I've kind of, I've kind of probably said, to be honest with you, anybody, anybody who you, when you, when you watch teams... When I watch teams get to final, so in the, within the Premiership, when I watch teams get to, get to the final, and I watch their journey to the final, and I see them get there, I, I admire those guys. Mm-hmm. And I, very, in a very simple way, because I know what it takes to get there. Mm-hmm. So you know, what, you know what it takes to go through a season, the ups and downs that will happen through a season, and then to turn up in that final and still be in a, in a, a position to win it. You've got to... You've got to I, so... You know that lasts any number of coaches, yeah. Because because you you get you start to get a genuine understanding about what it takes. You know the, the first time you think of again, it's just it's absolutely amazing, it's an incredible journey. And the, the more the more times you start to get to that final, the more you realise this takes a lot of work. The good but the good thing about that is when you know that you can start to embrace that very early on, and it, nothing comes as a shock shock to you. So you understand that. You know, every pre-season has got to get a real good foundation of hard working because the season is going to be tough. But if you want to get to the final, it's going to be tough. Yeah. And I think, and you, but you also know it's going to be tough, so you know 
when you get the chance, you do need to refresh people mm. because you're not going to get to the end and it just be lovely running everyone's smiling. Mm. It's going to take a bit of doing. So that's what I would say. I'd say within the within the sport because again, I'm very very pragmatic about this. I don't really want to talk about people who I don't who I don't know and I don't know yeah. much their, their styles or what they do because someone could say, around and go, you never met that bloke. <laughs> you know, so, you know, I, 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 I do. I mean, I, I, I listen to a lot of people. I listen to coaching podcasts. I watch uh, documentaries. I all sorts of stuff. But I think admiration is slightly different to understanding and appreciating and respecting. Mm. I think within that, you need to work a bit more within your sphere or within your environment because that, to me, is an understanding. You go, fair play. I know what you've gone through. And who should we be looking out for now then? Who's the young coaches that you're seeing that you think, actually, yeah, that's, yeah, that that could be the next X? Um, well, I mean, I'm obviously looking at what Steve Walford going back into yeah. club coaching. I mean, he got, a, he got a lot. I mean, it took, I think in a lot of ways to his credit, it took the opportunities that, that happened or to rebuild the Leicester the vibe. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, at a time when, Leicester could up, and I think nobody could afford to finish bottom ever, but they could, relegation was taken away, mm. so a war. So sometimes actually there's a big opportunity to refresh ourselves, yeah. rebuild. And how you look at it, that was done fantastic by the Leicester because after a couple of seasons of that genuine rebuild, they've come from one of the where they are. You've got to take your head after that. Obviously, I'm sure Skipper Gloucester's looks like he's doing a fantastic job there. They kind of look refreshed and re- revived. Northampton are starting to mm-hmm. come back to be a team who are challenging around the top four and they've got a they've got a young coaching young coaching team. You know, we ourselves here have actually still got a pretty young pretty young coaching team. You know, I'm I'm, I'm the eldest at, at fifty one and I'd like to think I've still got plenty left in <laughs> a bit more left in Rob. So yeah. you know so you know there's, there's, there's a lot of good young coaching coaching teams right you know Ali and Ali and Hunter uh, Ali Heath and Rob Hunter here are great coaches paid Spino, uh, with Bello, you know, they're great coaches. Omar, Omar has come in as defence coach and he's absolute fruitcake, you know, boys love it, you know, and yeah, these, these guys, they're all, they're all, takes all time, yeah, Rob, takes all time. Exactly, they're all really interesting characters and, you know, there's, there's a lot of good coaches around in the coach. What stops you being an even better coach? It's probably, two, it's probably two things, probably time, you know, because mm-hmm. actually, and I know everyone says, oh, you can always make time for the really important things. The reality is, this is, you know, 40, 50 guys here. Players in a pretty constant evolving basis. Good one-on-one relationship with those guys is quite hard to maintain over a long period of time. And you know, when I say that, you know, two-minute catch-ups don't mean that much. No. You know, that, that chance to get a grab a coffee or spend an hour with somebody, you know, is, is very important. I think more you know, time spent around that would be very important. But then the job itself. I mean, depending on what your job is, you know, I, there's loads of parts of my job that mean I don't do any, I don't do any coaching. Oh, you know, there's a large part of my week where I don't even wouldn't have the opportunity to be near a player. So there's loads of things that can can, can prevent you, you know, in some way being a better coach. But what you do is you you just try and do your you know do your part and create a feeling and help be a vibe with all the people you mix with. So for me, I can help the players by how I am with all the people I interact with. Even like I can help the players by doing this. Yes. Way. You know, if any of them see it, or if any of the coaches do. You know, I, I can help the players by, by any of the reactions with the corporate staff here and how they feel their relationship with the players should be and how we do want to help and we do want to empower what the club's about. There's, there's lots of things you can do on a day-by-day basis to actually 
influence people without even talking to them. Indirectly. And you've got to make yeah. sure you take all those opportunities as well. And I think that's that, that's probably where my jobs evolved to away from the, the individual reviews, the, you know, which, which I used to love and they used to be, and they used to be great at building relationships. Now I really have to take time out of my day to build relationships. But that makes mm. them special as well. Mm. So, you know. Sounds like you're invested in that time. Yeah, we. You, I think you've got. To, I think the thing is, I'm invested in this rugby club, and I think you know, if you invest, you invest club with something, you get something back. Fascinating points, and um, I just want to say thank you on behalf of uh, Schneider Electric for taking the time out today to share with us your experiences and some great insights there on leadership, coaching, and uh, I really enjoyed the refresh bit, by the way. So I'm going to take some of those points away. So thanks very much for your time this morning. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.